my friend. I'll just get back up again. Knock me down, my friend. I'll just get back up again. Knock me down, my friend. I'll just get back up again. Knock me down, my friend. This is the Benchwarmers, home of fracturing football, where producers Luke Donovan and Spencer Fleischer analyze the latest in sports. Right now on 91.3 WHJE. Welcome to the premiere of Benchwarmers. I'm your host, Luke Donovan. Alongside me, as always, Spencer Fleischer. And joining us today in the studio, we have two guests, Joe Cronin and Zach Browning. So how are you guys doing today? I'm good. How are you, Luke? I am fantastic. Now let's get right into it. All-Star Weekend, a little bit of a recap. The score, 157-155, to 155, an absolute fantastic game. The most entertaining All-Star game I think we have all seen in a long time. Yeah, and I didn't really think that this new All-Star format was going to work, but clearly it did. We had the players kind of acting like it was a playoff situation, trying to get to that 24-point mark. I thought that... The intensity was something never before seen in an all-star game. I mean, add that to the fact that the people, the charities that the players were playing for, they were sitting right there courtside. It just added to the atmosphere and overall intensity of the not only the fourth quarter, but really the all-star game in general. Yeah, I mean, certainly you could see it was, it was a new type of emotion on the court. I mean, fouls were being called, and everybody was getting emotional about it. No one wanted to lose that game, and I wonder... My question is, is this just because what happened to Kobe? Is there a little bit of extra emotion because of the new format? Or are we going to see this as a continuous thing for the next 5, 10 years to come down? Is it going to stay this aggressive, stay this emotional for all the players down the line? I definitely think this debut of the new format was a lot of what happened to the late Kobe Bryant and how he impacted the game. That was one of the big reasons the charity was brought in, and I thought that just um, had an incredible impact on how the game was played, especially in that fourth quarter. I think they're going to keep this format, though, especially with the Kobe Bryant MVP award to the All-Star Game MVP, which was Kawhi Leonard. And just, I think... Keeping the format is going to be a great idea because the fans loved it and it gained views and people all around the world, like NFL players are like, all right, it's our turn to fix uh, because this was fixing the all-star game from what had seemed boring or players not trying. You see that fourth quarter, they just ramped up the intensity. Yeah, and talking about players not trying, I kind of want to move to the Pro Bowl, because we're seeing now NFL players are coming out saying that they want to change the style of the Pro Bowl to make it more like the NBA All-Star game. And I think that's exactly what they should do. I mean, the Pro Bowl, I mean, going back to maybe 2009, 2010, the last time I watched the Pro Bowl, I mean, it's just not the same. I mean, the skills challenge, it's fun. The interaction with the fans is good. But, I mean, certainly when it comes down to the game, it's a, just a bunch of just random plays thrown together. It's it's not it's not fun to watch and and I mean you know it'd be fun to go and I think it'd be fun to be there enjoy the environment. But I think that's about the only thing the Pro Bowl is doing right. The biggest problem with the Pro Bowl and trying to make it more competitive is football is a full contact sport. If you make it more competitive, you're risking star players and their careers. And with basketball, obviously there's risk of injuries, of course, but you're not getting pounded every play like a running back is. Yeah. yeah, and then that's the reason why the Pro Bowl is so bad because players don't want to have career-ending injuries in the Pro Bowl. Like, if they make it to the Pro Bowl, they're good enough to sustain a career for the next two, three years. 
maybe longer, and they don't want that yeah. to end. And also for the NBA All Star Game, it's just five guys out out on the court. You can individually ramp up your intensity, and it kind of brings the entire team's intensity up. But for the Pro Bowl, you have to get all eleven guys on offense, and then all eleven guys on defense to ramp up the intensity together because then it's just one guy going out there running around and it's not quite as fun overall yeah i mean i mean it's they're vastly different sports i mean especially for players like offensive linemen and defensive linemen really i mean their only job is to go pound the guy next to him every single play and in the pro bowl you're not really trying to do that you're just trying to you know interact with your fans get your name out there a little bit you know show that I was a talented player this year, and uh, I'm here. I made it. We couldn't win the Super Bowl this year, but I still had a good season by myself. I want to bring it back to the NBA All-Star game with some people who were snubbed. Do you think that if you're an elite player, or maybe an elite scorer, to say, on a losing record team, that you should make it over a secondary player on a winning team? What players are you talking about? I'm specifically talking about Bradley Beal of the Wizards making over Kyle Lowry. He's fourth in scoring, and especially this past week has scored 52 straight games, and I just think he deserved it. And he's the best player on that Wizards team, and I think he's a top 15 player in this league. The All-Star game is the best players from the best teams. It's not the best players from the worst teams. So if you take the better players on the second team in the East that should be the seventh-seeded team in the East over someone who's not even going to make the playoffs is justified. And I think Kyle Lowry's a different type of player. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to score a lot of points consistently. I mean, he has his good games where he's above 30, but he's not going to be the guy that gets back-to-back 50s like Bradley Beal. And it's just a different type of player. I think Kyle Lowry, you know, brings a little bit of a different pace to the game where, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a draft. And so, I mean... It's all about who the players want, who the who the fans want to see, and I think it, it works out in a way where you're still going to have good players no matter who's selected. Well, also with a player like Kyle Lowry, he has other players on his team, such as Pascal Siakam, who made the All-Star game. He's maybe going to be the most improved player this year. Kyle Lowry isn't able to put up 50-point games as much because not only is he running the team from a point guard perspective for the Raptors, but he's also has other guys on his team like... Pascal Siakam, Serge Ibaka's having a good year. With the Wizards, Bradley Beal is really their one, two, and third scoring option. So that's really hard yeah. for the Raptors, like Kyle Lowry, to put up the numbers that Beal does. I want to go back to what you said, Spencer, about being on the best team. Brandon Ingram made it, and his team's not in the playoffs. But I think I think it's a little bit different, because if you're looking at Brandon Ingram, he was kind of the star on that team. I get it, Bradley Beal was too, but it's a lot of it's a lot different, you know, environment in New Orleans I mean they have a really young team Zion Williams is now in the lineup and he's tearing it up now so there's a little bit more hype behind the Pelicans than there is towards the Wizards and it's also all fan votes so that's the reason why Brandon Ingram did make it um because no one pays attention to the Wizards and Bradley Beal if Beal put up these 50 point games earlier on in the season he was he went on this insane stretch of games before the All-Star break, I believe he would have been an All-Star. But since he didn't do that, he wasn't. I mean, certainly it's going to be a fantastic season to watch as it comes down to a close and then we get to the playoffs. Also, have some March Madness coming up. So I know we have this little bit of a dead zone, you could say, between the end of the NFL season and March Madness. But that's coming around the corner here. We're almost into March, two weeks left in the college 
basketball season, the regular season, and then we get to conference tournaments in March Madness and the NBA. 25 games left for most teams around there. So it'll certainly be a fantastic season as it comes down to March, and now we get to summer. So that is all the time we have on the season. Total premiere of the Benchwarmers. I'm your host, Luke Donovan, alongside me, Spencer Fleischer, Joe Cronin, and Zach Browning. Signing off, you're listening to WHJE, and some more alternative hits are coming your way.